This week on Reset, I'm going to deviate from the norm just for a little while. I want to do something that I want to do, something fun. I want to talk about a favorite movie of mine. All I have to do is say the following name. You'll know what I'll be talking about this week. Andy Dufresne. You guessed it, we're going to be talking about the Shawshank Redemption. Or maybe I should say Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Because I'd like to talk a little about the book that led to this fantastic, wonderful movie that is such a favorite of mine and, and so many others. But I'd also like to share with you about some locations where you can find where this movie was shot. And also something really important has happened at a location of the movie, and I'd like to share that with you as well. We should, however, start with the book. The book written by no other than Stephen King. A lot of people may not realize that, although I think it is becoming more mainstream knowledge now that uh, it, it has become such a cult classic. Stephen King published a book in 1982. It's called Different Seasons. He, he named it that because of four seasons. It was four stories. The book in question was Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, but it should be mentioned a couple of other stories in there. Actually, one really famous one as well called The Body, and you will know that in the theaters as Stand By Me. Where the boys sneak out, they walk the tracks, and they try to find uh, the dead body before their brothers do. And uh, it, also a wonderful story. And if I recall correctly, that is the story I read first. I probably, like any other teenager, I flipped through the book, read a couple of passages, uh, pages, and uh, continued with the one I thought would suit me best. And that was The Body. And I do recall coming back to uh, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption and uh, in, enjoying it much more, much more, excuse me. There's also another uh, a book within there uh, called Apt Pupil. I enjoyed that one uh, a lot too. It was a little darker. And there was another one that I never really, I don't even remember if I finished. It was called The Breathing Method. And I do not recall anything about this book. You guys are going to lambaste me in the comments about that, but I just don't recall. Now, I would dig my copy of the book back out, but I cannot find it because I'm in the middle of a move. I I purchased the paperback edition, which this came out in 1982. as a black hardcover edition. I'm not quite sure when the paperback edition was released, but it was. I do know it was released first edition paperback in a green cover. I had an orange cover. Now, if I know me, I probably bought it at a garage sale or something to that effect and um, started reading it that way. I do still have my copy. I just don't know which box it is in. It's kind of funny that, or people may find it, 
funny and amusing that it was written by Stephen King. Because when you do say Stephen King, you do think horror. That's the first thing you think of. You think of Cujo and Christine and The Shining and all of those, you know, wickedly scary tales. Yet, it's Stephen King's adventure that I seem to enjoy the most. Uh, I love The Stand. I loved, you know, all, all of these stories in different seasons. So, that's kind of how I came to be with this book many, many years prior to the movie. And I honestly do not even recall the movie hitting the big screen. I was just freshly out of the service and getting started in college. I probably cared more about beer, girls, and golfing, probably more than I did college, but certainly more than I did uh, uh, going out to the movies. That was just, that was my head at the at that time frame. So probably just like you, I have come to fall in love with that movie, and I really would like to read the book again. I do recall that there are some differences between book and movie. So if you're one of those people who like to do things in sequence and you have not enjoyed either one of these, please, by all means, uh, head to your local bookstore or uh, Amazon and pick up different seasons. And I do believe that you will enjoy the other three books as well. Now, if you're not a Stephen King reader, this is probably all just, uh, you know, you're ignoring all of this, but I do believe it is a great introduction to Stephen King, especially his adventure-type writing and some of his dark writings, because they are short, and that appeals to a lot of people. They are very short books, and they're not quite the, I don't know if you call it a novella, the Dark Tower series, which I absolutely loved, seven book, you know, epic takes me a year to read kind of thing when I'm reading a chapter at night before bed. But if you're not into that, don't fear. These books are very short in uh, the different seasons collections. And you can also find other collections that are really cool, like Night Shift. I remember when I was, uh, I, I don't remember how young I was, but early teenager, Night Shift was one of my favorite books ever. Still love it to this day. Still, I'm a big Stephen King reader, uh, horror and all. Now, up to this point, there have been no spoilers, but I cannot guarantee any for the rest of this podcast because we are, I'm going to get into the movie and then I'm going to tell you a little bit more about how you can go find some of the areas where this movie was shot. If I didn't care than words can say If I didn't care Would I feel this way It's 1947 in a sleepy town in Maine It's dark, it's late The wife and the lover of a banker are murdered The movie opens with the classic sound The Ink Spots Singing, if I didn't care. While my heart stands still, if I didn't care. This is where we meet Andy, and this is where the story gets started. It's not Andy at his best. He's drinking, he's got a gun. Okay, so I'm having a little bit of fun here, but I'm not going to read the entire script for you. That would not be any fun at all, but the beginning of this movie 
if you have not seen it, and I know if you have, you're going to go rewatch this thing. It is visually and audibly is that a word? The, uh, the the music and the score are fantastic, and it's very striking, and uh, it, it's moving. It really, really is. If I didn't care, honey child, more than words can say. If I didn't care, would I feel this way? I could repeat favorite scenes over to you over and over and over, but the judge starting this movie out says, you strike me as a particularly icy and remorseless man, Mr. Dufresne. It chills my blood just to look at you. By the power vested in me, by the state of Maine, I hereby order you to serve two life sentences back to back, one for each of your victims. So be it. It's here where we're finally introduced and we get to see the Shawshank prison. Then we meet Red. Red Redding narrates the film, and it's the unmistakable voice of Morgan Freeman. He's a regular Sears and Roebuck, meaning he's the guy you go to if you need something. It's here, only eight minutes into the movie, where we get to see the prison. It happens that fast. The front of the prison, the flyover, and the, the chilling music, some of which you've heard here. Morgan Freeman, I am not, but quoting Red, Andy came to Shawshank Prison in early 1947 for murdering his wife and the fella she was banging. On the outside, he'd been vice president of a large Portland bank. Good work for a man as young as he was. I must admit, I didn't think much of Andy the first time I laid eyes on him. He had a quiet way about him, a walk and a talk. It just wasn't normal around here. He strolled like a man in a park without a care or a worry in the world, like he had on an invisible coat that would shield him from this place. Yeah, I think it would be fair to say I liked Andy from the start. Welcome to Shawshank. It may seem hard to believe this, but the movie was considered a flop at the box office during its release in late 1994. It garnered $16 during opening weekend, but in the era of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis, those guys were ruling at the box office. Critics said the movie was too long. They had anything and everything to complain about this movie. But seriously, what made this film miss at the box office but hold such grandeur today? Did the actors need to develop more? I mean, we often go back into a professional's filmography when we look back at their, when we like their work, we look back, don't we? I do it. Is it the voice of Morgan Freeman that draws us? It must be the narration style of the movie. But Morgan's Academy Award would wait another 10 years. That would be for Million Dollar Baby. It must just be good over evil. Maybe that's what propelled it. Whatever it did, whatever it has done to us, and whatever you want to call it today, a cult classic, etc., It's the number one film on IMDb's database. Number one. It beats Godfather. It beats Schindler's List. So I'm going to ask you this. How did you fall in love with this story? Me? Maybe it was Red 
digging up the box under the old oak. How cool is that? Didn't you just want that to happen? Didn't you want that to be real? Didn't you want them to get back together? Yeah. Say Wataneo. Hope. And isn't it funny once you watch the movie, once it becomes so ingrained in you and it's the best movie ever, you think back, no one else could do those scenes like this actor or that actress. Can you imagine anybody else's Andy? Can you imagine anybody else's Red? No. Tim Robbins is Andy Dufresne, but can you imagine Kevin Costner? Maybe Tom Hanks, Brad Pitt? They were all offered the role. They turned it down. I guess it comes down to a simple choice, really. Get busy living or get busy dying. Those are Andy's words that bring us to part three of this adventure, touring. The Shawshank Redemption lives on in its filming locations. Red, you ever get out of here, do me a favor. There's this big hayfield up near Buxton. You know where Buxton is, sure do. One in particular, got a long rock wall with a big oak at the north end. Like something out of a Robert Frost poem. It's where I asked my wife to marry me. I asked and she said yes. Promise me, Red, if you ever get out, find that spot. In the base of that wall, you'll find a rock that has no earthly business in a main hayfield. A piece of black, volcanic glass. You'll find something buried under it I want you to have. Red asks, what? What's buried there? Andy says. You'll just have to pry up that rock and see. Ah, oh, that's, that's just such my favorite part of this movie. It has to be for everyone, everyone, right? I mean, all the talk of hope earlier has brought us to this peak of tension. We find out what Andy's been up to for all these years. Oh, it's just an amazing part of the movie, and it all comes together. Red does get out of prison, and he does hitch a ride up to Buxton, Maine, and he walks a good while to the hayfield and finds the big oak. Come to find out, you can go to Buxton and see that tree. Well, sort of. It's not in Buxton, Maine, and the tree, well, it's not faring very well lately. Its age is now readily apparent, even though the movie still lives on. The oak was struck by lightning in 2011, but it still lived. And it wasn't far after that. It finally fell on July 22nd, 2016. It just happened. I mean, it literally just happened a couple of months ago. The big oak in Buxton, Maine. I think its days are certainly limited. Buxton, Maine. Come to find out, it's Ohio. Mansfield, Ohio. That's where you can find the old oak tree. Pleasant Valley Road, near the Malabar Farm. It's private property, but um, you can see, I think you can see it from the road. I've never been there. I do plan on trying to take a journey and see some of these locations. You can see all the locations that were shot in the town where uh, Red carves his initials into the beam into the uh, halfway house that he's in. The old grocery store, the pawn shop that Red went into and eventually bought the compass. And the crown jewel 
of all these locations. Yes, it is the prison, that gothic stone structure of Shawshank State Prison. It's in Ohio, Mansfield, Ohio, again. It was built between 1886 and 1910. It was the Ohio State Reformatory, and it was in operation until 1990. They were going to tear it down, but I guess this film crew found it, and they filmed in it. Some of the the locations uh, of this actual reformatory are in use now as a a new prison or a new operation uh, correctional facility. But they've left the admin building, which we see mostly in the movie, and it is a tourist attraction. So you can actually go to that and take a look. That's It's near Mansfield, Ohio. Again, I've never been there. I would love to go there. Mansfield is a little northeast of Columbus and a little southwest of Cleveland, right there on I-71. If you look at it on the maps, you just Google I, uh, Mansfield, you'll see Ohio State Reformatory just pops up. And it's uh, it's real interesting to see that. It's right near the Richland Correctional Institution. And the picture and the facts are kind of neat to look. So take a look at that. Google that. And, you know, there is a treasure trove I found of information about touring film locations. I found all kinds of movies that I'd like to visit now after uh, researching some of this for this podcast. All good things must come to an end. And it does come to an end in Zewatineo. I believe I, I usually say Zewatineo, but it's Z-I-H-U-A-T-A-N-E-J-O. It actually does exist. It's Zewatineo, Mexico. And Red hops a bus to go find his friend. He goes to Fort Hancock, Texas, which if you take a look at that in the maps, Fort Hancock, Texas is 1,261 miles almost 22 hours by car, depending on the route you take, to Zehuatanejo, Mexico. It is very, very far away. I can't even imagine what it would have been like back in the time that this movie was shot. I mean, the, the era that this movie was portraying. I can't imagine the roads were very good back then. But 22 hours, Red rode that bus and met his friend on that Pacific Ocean, which is a, it was a great ending. Can you... I know you can picture the ending. The blue, Andy sanding the boat and Red walking down the beach with his, you know, suit on. Looks like he just got off the bus. Yeah, the movie doesn't portray that he probably spent the last 40 hours on the bus in those same clothes. But, hey, it's a movie. It was a great ending. It was a great movie. And I hope you got some enjoyment out of this podcast. And I, I love the way it ended with Red still narrating. He, uh, Red finally finds his hope. He says, I find I'm so excited that I can barely sit still or hold a thought in my head. I think it's the excitement only a free man can feel. A free man at a start of a long journey whose conclusion is uncertain. I hope I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my dreams. I hope. So we come back full circle with hope, Andy telling Red that there's a small place inside of us that they can never lock away. It's called hope. Red's angered and hope is a dangerous thing, Andy. Drive a man insane. It's got no place in here. This is where our podcasting journey is going to end on the Shawshank Redemption. I don't do this. Well, I've never done this, but I won't do this every week, week in and week out. This is a tech podcast 
podcast, but I do hope you have enjoyed my little foray into having a little fun doing something that I wanted to do and being a little creative, I guess. I don't talk this slow. I don't talk this meaningful in my movie podcasting voice. It's usually... I'm usually quite aloof in talking about automation and storage and networking and all kinds of good stuff. And I do hope you have enjoyed this. We will get back to the tech. I've got a great show for you next week. Please stay tuned and go out there on iTunes and uh, give it a review if you could. Give it some stars. I really would appreciate it. This is David McCabe here. This is Reset. We'll see you next week. This has been Reset, a member of the Geeks Network. Check out thegeeksnetwork.com for more great podcasts and forums. Reset can be found at McCabe.io. That's M-C-C-A-B-E dot I-O. Also on YouTube, youtube.com slash David McCabe. And follow me on Twitter at McCabe.io. All the music and the sound bites that you hear are... All the music and the sound bites you've heard on this podcast are obviously not me and not mine. They belong to their respective owners. Why don't you go ahead and head out to Amazon.com and throw in Shawshank Redemption and buy that movie. Bail me out for using that music. Hopefully they will not mind if we do sell a couple of copies of the Shawshank Redemption. Also, the soundtrack's really nice as well. And once again, thanks for listening to Reset, and we'll see you here next week. Welcome to Shawshank.